Well, 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 hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am flying solo today as Charles is out uh, taking a much needed break. And Kennedy is out. Our maestro producer uh, is out fulfilling a student obligation with the campus organization. So that leaves me to hold it down for today. And we have quite a bit to talk about, but First thing first, uh, before we get into some of it, let me slide. You're going to see me, since I don't have my producer today, you're going to see me looking at all kind of screens to uh, stay on track here. But first off, uh, let's hit it right off the top. Uh, you guys, come on in and join the conversation. I'm going to go ahead and open up the chats. So let me do that. Right, opening them up. All right, they are open. So first thing up, let's talk about, how about Shalomi Sanders, Dion's Coach Prime's daughter, committed to the Jackson State University DI Love Women's Basketball Program. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, she can put the ball in the hole. She can put it in the hole from three-point line. She can put it in the hole from any point on the court, and she can create her shot if she has to. So she is finally committed, so that means Coach Prime will have three of his kids on campus in the fall, all contributing to DI Love in different ways. So happy to hear about that. Would love to hear your thoughts on that, so chime into the chat. Let me know what you think about that. If you haven't seen her play, she just Google her. Uh, you can see a huddle highlights. You can see film on her on YouTube. So it's plenty to see out there. The bottom line is that when you come off that isolation, you pick it out. She's one that can knock it down. So if you, you know, so let's just say the future for Jackson State basketball, if you didn't already know, because they're already loaded, but the future for Jackson State's women's basketball program just continues to get brighter and brighter under Coach Tamika Reed. The thing that I want to encourage all of us as alumni and supporters of Jackson State's women's basketball to know is that now we're going to have to do what we have to do to keep her. We're going to have to keep her at DI Love, and that's going to cost some money. So the reality is we want greatness. We are watching greatness. She's produced greatness. If they're able to win, they've already won the SWAC regular season championship they've already clinched that and the season is not even over with so that's three rings right there uh back to back to back if they win the swag tournament then it will be back to back to back in all three that's that's very hard to do and that's a major accomplishment and so you got to reward that not only with hugs and kisses but you got to reward that with some dollar bills so let's make sure that we support uh get in Coach Reed um, uh, to continue to stay at Jackson State and show her how much we love and appreciate the success 
those young ladies are having on the court and off the court. I also want to salute out to J5 Coffee for the historic NIL deal that they did with, I believe it was seven Jackson State athletes across uh, different sports. Uh, kudos to them for that. Um, it, you know, we had football, basketball, and women's basketball, which I was excited about. I think there are four, uh, four ladies, three males that signed an NIL deal. So I think that was Simi Muala, Kevin Copeland, and Travis, uh, Travis Hunter. And then um, I know it was Amisha Williams, Deja Rogan, I think uh, Miss Luckett, and one other uh, girls women's basketball program that signed an NIL deal with J5 Coffee. So shouts out to J5, J5 Coffee on that. And let's support J5 Coffee so they can continue to reinvest in the student athletes at JSU. So shouts out for that. Kudos for that. Um, major, major, major kudos for that. I want to salute that. So again, um, you know, that's the topics and we'll talk more and more about that uh, as Charles and Kennedy get back about the, the NIL and the impact that's having and then J5 Coffee. And then we're going to figure out how do you get you some J5 Coffee and we'll let you know that as well. Also this week in the news, we've had the, um, well, we know now, uh, it's not speculation anymore. We know now that Russia has invaded Ukraine, has started the war. Some pundits are saying this could be World War III because it's going gonna, it's gonna to involve a lot of people. Uh, this, is, this is not just going to be something that's going to be able to say solely between Ukraine and Russia. This has far-reaching implications. Uh, we're going to see it in our prices here. We're already seeing high prices at the pump. Expect them to go higher. So, which impacts all of our budgets. It impacts our businesses' budget. It impacts our personal budgets. When gas prices go up, it affects everything universal across the board because it affects distribution of product. Because now it costs more to distribute products from one point to another. And that's what you're facing now. And that's what you'll be facing. So that's going to be uh, have its effect. And we'll see the short-term effects, but we'll also see the long-term effects of that crunch uh, on our pocketbooks and uh, wallets as we as as the months and weeks come in terms of this, this war. So again, um, some pundits are saying it could be World War III. I, 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 don't, I don't know that. I hope not. But what we do know is that Russia has uh, engaged in trigger war with Ukraine. And the United States has imposed a levy, a bevy of sanctions against Russia, some that will have immediate effects, some that will have long-term effects. But this could go beyond sanctions. And it could go beyond sanctions very quickly, but not just the USA, but other allied countries as well. So. Stay tuned to the news for that. Uh, make sure you keep up with that. Um, and we'll continue to bring you more information as the days and weeks continue and monitor this situation. You guys see me looking down at my notes again um, today to keep to get this information out to you. Also, know those of you who are in the Jackson area might have noted that Mississippians filed a lawsuit against J5 
JPD's new roadblock initiative. You heard uh, Kennedy and Charles talk about that a few weeks ago, the controversy around that. Uh, the suit is known, the, the name that the suit has been given is Ticket, Arrest, and Tow. And the, the basis of the suit is claiming that the policy violates the United States Constitution. Um, and so um, it's the Gibbs versus the city of Jackson lawsuit. That's if you want to look that up, the Gibbs versus the city of Jackson lawsuit. All right. So, again, the premise there is that using roadblocks as a crime solving shortcut is ineffective and unconstitutional, and that their disappropriate location of the roadblocks in majority of black and low income areas of Jackson harms all residents, according to attorney uh, Paloma Wu of MCJ. So, um, his claim is that checkpoints don't address the crime, they erode of what marks communities, of what makes communities resilient in the face of it. So stay, stay uh, tuned to that as we look at that. We're talking about particularly that lawsuit, the Gibbs versus the city of Jackson. Lawsuit is about the roadblock initiative that JPD announced a few weeks back. And uh, the law basis of the lawsuit is claiming that those roadblocks are unconstitutional. Okay, so follow that as well. So we'll keep you posted on that. And now, definitely got to talk about this. So President Biden has nominated officially Katanja Brown, Katanja Brown Jackson, in fact, Katanja Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court of the United States, United States, marking the first black woman to possibly sit on the Supreme Court. So I took the liberty to do a little research on some things that we might not know about Judge uh, Jackson. All right. So again, it's Katanji Brown Jackson. She's the mother of two. She's married, been married for 26 years. Um, what, what people probably don't know is that she was going to be, she was probably going to be the front runner for the Democratic uh, Supreme Court justice, regardless of who was the president in terms of Democratic president. So whoever the next Democratic president was, she was at the top of that list to be nominated. Let me tell you a little bit about her in case you, you don't know. Um, she actually went to um, Miami Palmetto High School, which is, is, is a very well-known school in the Miami area. She was a debate champion and she's uh, and a student body president. She went from there, went on to Harvard for an undergraduate and then to Harvard Law. So yeah, and then after earning her JD, she clerked for uh, a U.S. District Court judge and then for a Ronald Reagan appointed judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit. And then she eventually clerked for Judge Stephen Breyer of the U.S. Supreme Court, which coincidentally is the person she's been nominated to replace. So, guys, uh, she she is heavy. She has done the darn thing. Um, and she is she has been well known and, and as a legal scholar for a long time. So, again, she was always on the short list. Uh, I encourage you to do your research more on her. Um, as you see the weeks to come, you're going to hear everything you can possibly hear negative about her. Um, 
and she even alluded to that on her in her nomination speech after President Biden nominated her. She said, hey, some of you might have heard about the fact that I have an uncle that's got caught up in the drug system and is, is, is in the uh, is in the penitentiary. Uh, but she also went on to name her other uncles and stuff that had done very well. And she just acknowledged it. She didn't hide from it. And there's no different than us. We all have people in our family somewhere that um, might have taken the wrong turn in life. And so they're still family. And so I think when you look at that, um, I encourage you to research her and look into not only her educational accomplishments, but what she's done from the bench as a judge, her rulings, uh, things she's made there, okay? Uh, and ironically, coincidentally, she actually, uh, I think she got the call from Judge Biden on a Thursday night, but she was still in court Friday morning. So she's, she's still working, doing what she needs to do there. So I just wanted to remind you guys, again, Judge Tanji Brown Jackson, nominated by President Biden for Supreme Court to replace the retiring judge um, that she actually clerked for, which was Judge Stephen Breyer. So again, wanted to make sure we got that information out and that everybody was aware of that. Um, there's a great article on her in the, um, the Nation. Uh, and let me see if I can find the author of that article. It's, I'm going to put it in the chat. The author of that article is Ellie uh, Mistal. I'm going to put that in the chat right now. Let's see. So if you, if you just Google him, it'll come up. Um, this article was in The Nation. Uh, magazine, but it's a great article and it really goes deep within to uh, Judge Jackson and her whole life and also the adversity and what adversity she's likely to face uh, as she goes through a confirmation hearing with the Senate. And so again, I wanted to make sure you guys were well aware of these facts and these things that has happened recently and in the last several days in our nation. I also want to turn your um, eyes finally, and again, this is going to be a, a shorter show today because I'm not with my crew, but I did want to kind of go back and revisit just the state of uh, the state of now, right? It's voting time uh, in a lot of places, and we're coming up on the midterm elections. And this is so critical. This is so critical because this is usually the point where, particularly for minority representation, or let me just, just cut to the chase, Black folks, we don't particularly and historically turn out in large numbers in midterm elections, which are off presidential cycle elections. The time is now to change that. We must be a part of the voting process. How do you change yesterday? You vote today, right? I mean, how do you change yesterday to make sure yesterday doesn't repeat itself tomorrow? You vote today. And if we don't vote, then we don't change tomorrow either. So it's very important 
that you research your candidates, that you look and make a sound decision on who you think is the best representation for the country to move forward and for all of us to succeed and be progressive. So you'll never hear me tell you who to vote for, but you will hear me tell you to look, do your research and make a sound decision based on that research on who you think will be the best candidate or candidates to move our country forward so that all people in this country can grow and be prosperous and do better in life. It should not be one sector. It should not be pockets. It should be the ability for us all to do so with the same barriers to entry. It shouldn't be that this particular pocket has no barriers, this particular pocket has one barrier, and this particular pocket has 100 barriers. That shouldn't be the case in our America. You know, in President Obama's, President Obama's famous speech he gave in Boston uh, at the Democratic Convention years ago when he said, look, there's no red states, blue states, white states, there's the United States of America. And at some point, we're going to have to act like we're in the United States of America because we haven't and we don't. Let me say that again because some people miss that. We haven't and we don't. We have not acted like we're in the United States of America and we don't act like we're in the United States of America. And that has to change. And that changes by actions that we take today that will change and impact tomorrow. So I'm urging you to go out and vote today make the changes and impact in things today so it can impact tomorrow otherwise we repeat the cycle and so if we don't do these things then tomorrow looks like today and looks like yesterday and that's why you hear people say nothing ever changes nothing ever changes because we're doing the same thing and we're expecting a different outcome now look webster's defines that as insanity that's Webster's definition. I'm going to let you make up your own. But what I can tell you, if you do the same thing over and over, you will not get a different outcome. You will get the same outcome that you've been getting. So please, please, please go to the polls, cast your vote, do your research before you go, and then make a sound decision and cast your vote for the per person or persons that you think are best to move your community, your state, and this nation full, right? I do agree with you, Willie May. That's called stupidity. That's exactly what it's called. That's exactly what it's called. It's called stupidity. And we have been acting uh, stupid far too long. We have been acting stupid far too long. And it's time to do, you know, there's a saying that when you know better, you do better. I don't always agree with that because we've always known better and we haven't done better. I think, like some people say knowledge is power. I don't agree with that either. I don't think knowledge is power. I think applied knowledge is power because I know a whole bunch of smart people that do nothing with, nothing with it. So you can have the knowledge, but if you don't apply the knowledge, then it doesn't make you smart. You're not using that knowledge in a way that it can impact you in a positive way. So only applied knowledge gives you power, not just knowledge. So we want you to definitely do better, definitely do more there. So step up, um, get involved. Again, I want to remind you, Judge um, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, nominated by uh, President Biden for the Supreme Court to replace Judge Stephen Brower. Now, 
first black woman ever. She would, if she is confirmed, she would be the first black woman to serve as a Supreme Court justice. The first, the first. And coincidentally, she alluded to this in her um, nomination speech that she actually shares a birthday. And they were born 49 years apart to the day from the first black woman to be appointed as a federal judge. So again, a lot of first for her. Uh, this is the right person at the right time. Um, but definitely, definitely do your own research, read into uh, her career, her accomplishments, what she stands for, because I can guarantee you she does stand for something. And so I just wanted to make sure that we get that message out and that we understand. So Willie May, I gave some facts earlier uh, that most people probably didn't know. I'll repeat those. She went to Miami Palmetto High School, which is a well-known top school in the Miami area. And she went on to undergrad at Harvard, Harvard University, and then she went on to Harvard Law School. Uh, she has clerked for two federal judges, as well as a Supreme Court justice. And she actually clerked for the Supreme Court justice that she's been nominated to replace, who is retired. Um, look, I, and not only that, she is clerked for a federal judge that was appointed by Bill Clinton. She's clerked for a federal judge that was appointed by Ronald Reagan. So she's worked on both sides of the aisle and that's what we need and we need more of that. So looking forward to her confirmation and that going through and her fulfilling her seat on the bench and becoming the first black woman to ever serve on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. All right, so there is that. All right, let me just see any questions or comments. So I think that's all the news for today. Just wanted to remind you and recap it. We talked about the fact that Coach Prime's daughter announced her commitment to Jackson State's women basketball program. She'll be joining her two brothers and her dad in the fall. So kudos for that. Another Sanders in the house. And maybe that means we keep Coach Prime. We'll keep Coach. We'll keep Coach Prime just a little bit longer. At least I hope so. And then um, there's a lawsuit filed by Mississippians against Jay Jackson Police Department for their new roadblock initiative. They're calling it unconstitutional. Uh, that was, uh, if you look up that lawsuit, it's Gibbs versus the City of Jackson. Gibbs versus the City of Jackson. Is that and they're stating basically that using roadblocks as a crime solving shortcut is unconstitutional because they're dis disappropriately positioned in a majority of black neighborhoods and low income neighborhoods. So that's kind of the premises of what this what that's saying. And then finally, we talked about the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and all that she's accomplished and the uniqueness that she brings. And I want to remind you, she was going to be at the top of everybody's shortlist anyway, uh, on the Democratic side, regardless of who was president, she was gonna be at the top of that shortlist as the next one to possibly get appointed. So congratulations to her, very happy for her and salute to her. So that's the show for today. I think we've covered a lot and uh, gave you a lot of good information and hopefully that will, uh, you guys will do your research, 
go back out and dig into that. And what I want you to do is to, to research your candidates that you're about to vote for in this midterm election. Make sure you stay focused, make sure you go out to vote and make sure you cast your vote because we can't change an impact tomorrow unless we take action and vote today. And I'm counting on you to take action and vote today so that tomorrow is different for our kids and our kids' kids. So that's my charge to you. And that's all I got. So I am going to say salute. Have a great weekend. Happy Friday to everyone. And we'll have the whole crew back next week. Same time, same channel. See you on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter next week at 4.30. And I'll be rejoined by the crew, Charles and Kennedy. Until that time, have a great one. And I'll see you soon.